0: All right. Welcome to it. Good to have you along soon. Very soon. It's possible that no one will be laughing at these line that we used to get such amusement from. Where's the beef? Is it a possibility that we will run out of meat? At least, uh, you know, severely have our access to meat limited during the pandemic, as a lot of the processing plants in North America have had to uh, close or you know, for a matter of days to deal with COVID-19 or just uh, readjust the way they are working around COVID-19 during this pandemic. We're joined by Sylvain Charlebois, who is a a professor of food policy and distribution at Dalhousie University. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Sylvain, I got to start off just saying, uh, you know, I mean, I know you're out in the East Coast. That's just absolutely uh, horrific events that happened over the weekend. And, you know, the rest of Canada is thinking of everybody out there on on the East Coast.
1: Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we're we're pretty shaken, and uh, of course the the sad part of it all is that we won't be able to grieve as a community together. Uh, everything has to be virtual now, so that's going to be very tough for families and friends. The um, the gunman was actually shot down 15 minutes away from our home. So wow. uh, and his practice was terrifying. about I'd say two kilometers away from where we live. So yeah, it hit it hit pretty close to home for sure.
0: I guess seeing as this gunman was, you know, uh, disguised as an RCMP officer and, you know, literally pulling people over, uh, shooting them or, uh, going to their houses. Sylvain, wow. Uh, that really does hit very close to your home, um, and, and your community. It's just, it's just a tragedy and it's unthinkable. And, you know, I don't even know, uh, what to say to you at this point in time, except for, uh. We are all thinking of of everyone in the East Coast. I I love the East Coast. I've done several, you know, days of driving around and uh, just through the it's just a beautiful country full of beautiful people. And it's just it's just a tragic story. And I'm sorry that it hits so close to uh, where you are, but I'm glad that you're okay.
1: Oh well, thank you very much. We're we're feeling the support uh, of the entire country. I've been doing a few media interviews that had nothing to do with what was going on here, but uh, I, I'm but well, that's what I'm here. I'm hearing the support, and thank you so much for that.
0: So let's let's turn to why we actually reached out to you, and that is uh, to talk about our meat supply. You know, having a conversation with a couple of friends this weekend via Zoom, safely uh, using that social distancing practice you know we all kind of considered if we should maybe um start turning on you know chest freezers and start stockpiling meat um what's going on with our our meat packaging plants and and where are we at with regard to the supply
1: <laughs> well yeah it is uh, so every week there's a bit of a theme going on and uh, last week uh, of course With all the closures, people uh, started to get uh, worried about uh, meat, especially uh, as we get closer to uh, uh, our our favorite part of the summer, I guess, which is barbecue season. People are concerned. I I am not concerned at all. Uh, There's been five closures in uh, Canada uh, so far, or five plants that have been affected by COVID, Uh, Three of them are back in operation, Uh, two pork plants in Quebec, uh, one in in Ontario, in Brampton, uh, operated by Maple Leaf. Um, The companies have followed strict protocols. They've done a great job making sure that uh, that employees are safe, uh, that products are safe as well. Uh, I'm pretty reassured by that. Um, out west, of course, uh, cattle and beef uh, is being hit by by COVID. The one plant in High River, owned by Cargill, is seems to be uh, challenged uh, by what's happening in the community. Uh, there was a report on Saturday uh, stating that 358 covid cases are in high river right now which is very very small community and all these cases are linked to the plant and so uh cargill is a responsible company but the COVID era is forcing management to think about risks inside and outside of the plant and i think that's what's going on right now they're going to have to think about about what's happening in the community as well as they make decisions in, in terms of how to protect employees in the community
0: well are they um have they adopted the idea of um making sure they test everybody as they're coming in to work you know uh, taking their temperature or what what kind of protocol are they putting in place
1: yeah they are, and uh, so what my understanding is that they've actually reduced uh, the production they've actually canceled a shift uh, to allow for more spacing between. Employees and, that, and that's really the key problem here. It's it's physical spacing. Some of these plants are very old. The one in High River is 31 years old, and from a food safety perspective, that's a that's that's a long time. That's pre BSC. That's pre Excel Foods. A lot of things have happened in food safety since 1989. Uh, the other major plant is in Brooks, Alberta, Plant 38. That's uh, that plant is as big as the one in High, in High River, and uh, that that plant is over 40 years old. So age is not helping. In Ontario, there are brand new plants. Uh, one one of them is in Hamilton, and we haven't heard anything from that plant because. Uh, plant design is very modern, and and okay, so we what, haven't can seen you, any issues there. And so that's one you know of the things that companies will have to think about moving forward when you think about a pandemic.
0: Right. So then, you know what a plant looks like. Most of us have never been in a meat processing plant. Can you, like, very quickly and briefly walk us through the difference between, you know, a 31-year-old plant and a 10-year-old plant? Like What have they changed in order to make uh, meat processing safer on the whole?
1: Well, without going into the details, because I suspect that some of your listeners are eating right now. Okay. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's not a pretty sight. You can imagine a slaughterhouse is. Uh, it's it's about harvesting animals, and uh, and so the the temperature is very cold. It's cool. It's uh, it's plus three degrees, and it's very humid as well. Um uh, but typically, what you would see in a modern plant is obviously less people uh and more automation and robotics. okay and that's basically the main difference robots don't get sick and uh in in older plants uh it it's you you're hiding the same amount of people because you're, that's kind of how the plant is designed, uh, is designed to accommodate so many employees. Uh, the plant in High River employed about 2,500 people 20 years ago and it still does today uh, without an expansion. So you can tell that really in terms of design, nothing much has changed but, and I, but I suspect that Cargill has made some major changes to the plant but not necessarily related to production specifically.
0: Okay, so we don't have a ton of time uh, together uh, left, so I want to get to the nitty-gritty here. Do you think that after the pandemic, we're going to see a big change in uh, the industrial uh, food complex?
1: Uh, I think so. Well, first of all, I I don't think we're going to run out of meat at retail. There's inventories are very high. And uh, also the barbecue season is is much is, 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 is much longer this year just because we've been home since mid-March. And a lot of people have been using their barbecues uh, since mid-March. So that's going to help. chain. Yeah. But I would say moving forward, I do believe that companies like Cargill and GBS Canada, the owner of the Brooks plant, will have to think about risks outside the plant. What ha- happens to employees, how they're bussed into work, uh, how they actually monitor risks because really they can condemn not only the plant but also people in the community.
0: What happens when you know uh somebody is positive for covid nineteen and they have to shut down the plant do they have to what happens to the meat that's already being in the process of being processed? Does that then become a massive loss? Is that all um tossed? And, and is the plant completely disinfected? What kind of hoops do they have to jump through? Because I would, you know, food safety, it's a big deal.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. It's a good question. I, and frankly, I don't think I get that question enough. <laughs> and I'm not sure why the CFI is not out there telling people that there, there is no food safety concerns uh, related to COVID. COVID doesn't transfer through the supply chain at all. So even if you actually find a human case, in a plant, it doesn't compromise the food safety of the products being manufactured that day. And so well, you shouldn't how, worry about how, that. You actually have why more wouldn't it, have a chance to get sick of salmonella and E. coli okay. than COVID.
0: Is it just that the fact that, you know, the, the people that are working with the meat have masks on and are gloved up anyways, so the odds of them transferring any kind of uh, virus onto the meat is extremely low, or you yeah, know, exactly. is it just I mean, it can't survive on? Regulations
1: me. are pretty strict for federally licensed abattoirs, and uh, so protocols have been in place for quite some time, and so companies are hardwired to think very strictly about food safety. But COVID is changing how companies have to manage risks for employees. So this is this is more of an issue related to. Uh, to the working environment and not necessarily about the products being manufactured.
0: Sylvain, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And once again, we are thinking of you and your family uh, out on the East Coast today. But thank you for sparing some time on what can be you know, only be said is an emotional day for for you and your family. Well, thank you so much. You take care.